Welcome to the Curiosity Podcast, a show about everything e-commerce and digital business. The aim is simple, to help you thrive online. And now, your host, Matt Edmondson. Hello and welcome, my fellow e-commerce entrepreneurs. My name is Matt Edmondson, and this show is for those of us who are curious about e-commerce and want to know how to get better at doing digital business. In today's show, I'm going to finish off our little mini-series about finding high-demand products to sell online. This is part three of that little mini-series, and we are going to talk about suppliers. I'm going to talk about how one particular supplier in my uh, my little e-commerce business cost me millions and millions in lost sales. So you are not going to want to miss this episode. As always, uh, any links and notes will be on the website mattedmondson.com. So do check that out. And whilst you're there, hit the Collab Project button. Uh, it's a project that I'm involved with at the moment uh, that I am just absolutely loving. It's, it's just causing all kinds of good things to happen. Uh, and in essence, the plan is super, super simple. I just want to launch 100 new e-commerce websites, right? That's the goal. That's the plan. Um, and to do that, uh, I am going to definitely need to find some great partners to work with. And the Collab Project is all about that. It's all about collaboration, working with partners. So if you've got something you want to sell online and you think actually doing that in partnership with Matt might be, well, this might sound a little bit interesting, check it out. Uh, head to the website mattedmondson.com. There is an awful lot more information there. Uh, And you can look at that. I also want to reach out and say thanks to our amazing sponsor, Curious Digital. It's an experience-based e-commerce platform, and it is the platform that I use to run all of my e-commerce businesses. And in fact, I've just mentioned the Collab Project. All of the Collab Project sites, all 100 sites are going to be also done, hopefully, on the Curious Digital platform. That is the plan. Uh, so if you are looking for a new e-commerce platform, check it out. It is a phenomenal platform, uh, and I've seen the roadmap. I've seen what's coming up on future developments, and let me tell you, some stuff which is coming out is just incredible. What you're going to get in that platform is insane. But if I'm honest with you, it's already insane what's included anyway. So, I mean, check it out. Like I say, if you're looking for something, it is called Curious Digital. And you can find more information at www.curious.digital. That's curious with a K dot digital. Okay. So let me do a quick recap, right? Because in uh, episode, uh, well, it was not episode one. There was episode actual five, but part one (laughs) of this little series, uh, we looked at how and why you should niche, right? How to choose a niche, how to find a niche, um, and the the importance of getting your niche down uh, for your e-commerce business to thrive, right? So we looked at that. That is definitely worth listening to if you haven't done so already. Once we'd figured out our niche, we then into we went into part two, which was episode number six, um, on what to do when researching products to sell online. Right? How do you research that niche? How do you find um, the best products? for your niche to sell online. And we start to look into that 
And that's actually where my new course, the Jam Jar Product Funnel, is also going to add a whole heap of value to you if you are in that phase, right? And if you want to see exactly what I do, I walk you through it step by step, um, all in that course. That course is getting launched very, very soon. Let me tell you, we are just putting the finishing touches on it now. It is some great stuff. Let me tell you, I wish somebody would have told me all of the stuff that I'm sharing in that course at the start of my e-commerce journey. Goodness me, would it have helped? Oh, absolutely. And in this episode, I want to close the circle, right? And uh, on this whole idea of products. And you can't talk about products without talking about suppliers. So we are going to get into the whole supplier thing uh, in this particular episode, right? But if you've not heard the other two, do check them out. You can get them uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. And of course, if you've not subscribed yet, do subscribe because if you subscribe, those kind of things just come automatically onto your phones, your computers, wherever it is you listen to the podcast. So do subscribe. It is totally free. Uh, and like I say, you get it all automatically. Now, I want to tell you a story, right? This is a true story, but I have, as they said, changed the names, not necessarily to protect the innocent, but because I don't want this to become about a particular company. Um, I just want to tell you the story, and I'm then going to share with you what I have learned from this said story, okay? Now, there is a, a range of products we sell on one of my websites. Like I say, I'm going to change the name. I'm going to call them Beauty King. Now, they're not actually called Beauty King, but in this story, I'm going to refer to my supplier as Beauty King, okay? And a few years ago, Beauty King was my biggest selling product range on my website by far, okay? I was selling millions and millions of pounds worth of their product each and every year on my website, Uh, It was going strong, let me tell you. Now, I didn't have what you would call a particularly good working relationship with that supplier. And it's not necessarily from a lack of trying. You know, I'm the kind of guy that likes the handshake policy that, you know, enjoys just sitting down with people, getting to know people. I'm friendly kind of a guy like that. Um, And when I've worked with suppliers in the past, I've worked with suppliers all over the world, from Germany to the States. I've always got on well Um, And I've always got on better with people that just have a similar value set to me. Do you know what I mean? A sort of similar outlook on life that just, yes, they've got a business to run. Yes, there's things to do. But you know what? They'll pick up the phone. They'll have a conversation. You can normally sort things out over a pint of beer and everyone is happy. Well, I didn't enjoy that particular relationship with this particular kind of, uh, with this particular supplier, Beauty King. Uh, It was very much on their terms. But you know what? That was okay at the time because, like I say, we were selling a lot of their product and we were worldwide probably one of their biggest customers. Uh, And we, like I said, were selling millions and millions, around six and a half million pounds a few years ago uh, to put an exact number on it, which at the time, it's not the case now, but at the time was around $10 million, right? So this is a lot of their product that I am shifting. Now, what happened was uh, after after trading with this company for a number of years uh, and growing the business, they wrote me a letter. Um, and it was a very formal letter. It wasn't even a phone call. It wasn't a conversation. That's what I'm, I'm just trying to get across to you. 
the kind of relationship we had. It's a very formal letter. And in that letter, the supplier basically said, listen, we're changing our pricing policy effective immediately. Uh, and basically, the more you buy from us, the more you are going to pay for that product. Now, I appreciate uh, that doesn't necessarily make any sense uh, for the way we normally do business. And at the time, it made zero sense to me because what it meant was my prices from that supply were going to go up by 30% overnight. That's right. My prices went up by 30% overnight. Now, uh, and the result of that was within inside of a few months, we'd lost half of their business. So when you're talking about a loss in income, you're going from several million pounds, right? And you're losing several million pounds a year in revenue. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Okay. So over the space of a few years, if I look at how much of their product I sell now, it is less than a million pounds. Okay, so that's a fall of around four, five million pounds worth of product over the last few years because their product to me is so expensive. I'm no longer price competitive online in that particular range of products. Okay, and you may be wondering, is there more to this story because something is a bit fishy and something doesn't sound right? Well, yes and no, right? You've got to ask, why did Beauty King do that did they do that to put me out of business well i don't think so i don't mean i mean we didn't have a great working relationship but i don't think they woke up that that morning going how can i screw over matt i just don't think that happened right i think what happened was beauty king changed their thinking and they went to what i would call a direct-to-consumer way of doing business right um, so they saw that I was selling a lot of their product and not just me. There was quite a few people selling their product online. Um, they were, we were selling a lot of their products, millions of pounds worth of product direct to the consumer. We were selling to the consumer and beauty King can look at that and go, you know what? If I was doing that, if I was selling direct to the consumer, I would be making loads more money. We're talking millions and millions of pounds more profit. Okay. And I get that. I understand that. And actually, a lot of suppliers more recently, because of the Internet, have now started to go direct to consumer. And if you remember um, in my conversation with Casey Golden, uh, where we talked about how to sell a $6,000 sweater online, um, you'll remember that we talked about this and how businesses have moved from a wholesale mindset, which is what Beauty King was. They would wholesale the product to me um, and then I would retail it on. They have moved from that wholesale mindset to a retail mindset. They're going direct to consumer themselves because it is a much bigger profit margin. Um, and you can see the business benefits of doing that, right? Now, the lesson that I want to sort of draw out of this is not, I don't necessarily need you to feel sorry for me, um, but if you do, if you, I mean, by all means, go for it, right? Uh, but I did learn a very, very powerful lesson because actually this almost broke my business um, to the point of no repair. You know, we had to lay off staff, we had to downsize, we had to rethink our whole business. Um, and whilst I don't necessarily get the the more you buy, the more you pay model. I don't actually think it's particularly fair. I think it's a slightly gray area um, in terms of is it a method of fixing prices, which is totally illegal, but is it? I don't know. Um, but that's not, you know, I mean, I can, does that change anything? No, not really. Um, I just have to change my thinking and change my business model. And whilst it was horrific, let me tell you, some amazing things have come out of it as 
things genuinely generally do right there's always a silver cloud a silver line into every cloud um but there's i want to draw out this point right suppliers are important because suppliers can make or break your e-commerce business and they are such an important part of the chain okay so here's my top tips when dealing with suppliers don't do what i do uh, do what i did um, but let's, let's definitely learn from uh, my mistakes in the past so that going forward, your business is much more sure, okay? Because if you're in a place like me where you're predominantly reliant upon one supplier, you've got potential problems. Um, and that supplier can be someone who is supplying product to you, in my case, Beauty King. But also, if you're, for example, selling on Amazon, so you've got one supplier for web services, and you're just literally selling on Amazon, you're not growing your own e-commerce website, you're not growing any other outlet, you are reliant upon one supplier to feed you your e-commerce sales. Again, that has a whole stack of potential problems, right? Um, So don't just uh, build your business if you can around one supplier or if you do build it around that supplier mitigate uh, your risks as much as possible because if that supplier changes their mind about you and they have every right to do that and there's every possibility it's going to happen trust me on this you know if you would ask me a few years ago would beauty king ever do what they did i'd be like no that would be foolish because they're going to lose millions in sales through my website right there's it just doesn't make any kind of sense uh, but they did it anyway right so Just watch out for that. So all that said, here are some uh, top tips when uh, looking at suppliers, when working with suppliers, which I think will help you. Okay, number one, and this is important, always look at the values of the company that you are uh, that you are buying from. Right. So whether you're getting a product or a service, whoever is your supplier, look at their values and do their values match your core values. Okay. so, for example, uh, we were looking at a supplier a few weeks ago um, around some products uh, to do with beauty. And we're like, you know what, we definitely feel as a company we need to get much more into the um, the ethical packaging of side beauty companies are really, really bad, I think, with their packaging on their products. And so we're like, let's move to Uh, get in some more products which are much more environmentally ethical and sustainable right and so we looked at this one company and on the outside we thought oh this this particular company looks great they've got a great brand they're kind of getting more and more known they've got an interesting product idea i can see demand um, is growing on that product but when i looked at their values i think they were a little bit different to mine and because what they did didn't match what they said they were going to do. And so I just thought, you know what, from a values point of view, I think we're going to struggle here. Okay. Now, always look at their values. Are they conducive to you and your business and your website? So, so important. The second thing that I'm going to suggest you do is look at their trading requirements very, very carefully. You want to know what their trading requirements are. For example, Um, the supplier may require you to have a bricks and mortar store, right? So recently um, I did something on uh, Lamy pens. You may have seen that where I did some research around Lamy pens and I thought, man, these are a really interesting product with really high demand. Is this a product that I could sell? So I contacted 
the pen manufacturer um, and said, listen, can I set up an account with you? And they said, listen, to do that, you have to have a bricks and mortar store, right? You have to have an actual shop where you can retail this product from, which I didn't have. I don't have a shop that I can retail them from. So that kind of put an ixnay on that, okay? Look at things like minimum order quantities. This is so important. Uh, There's a brand that we work with at the moment that when we started, they were a bit of an unknown brand. Um, The minimum order quantity, or MOQ as they call it, was super low, right? I think we spent like 500 bucks with them on our our first order. Now, whenever we order from that supplier, we have to order a minimum of seven Ks worth, seven grand's worth of product, right? So their minimum order quantity has gone right through the roof um, as the demand for their product has grown. So just be really clear on what the minimum order quantity is the supplier is asking you to undertake. You also want to be super, super clear before you order anything, right, or get involved in anything. What are the selling restrictions that they're going to put on you? Um, for example, a lot of the beauty brands don't want, uh, won't allow me to sell in different countries. So I'm not allowed to sell beauty products uh, for a lot of the brands to, say, the United States. Um, And that's because a lot of these brands will have distributors in America and we're not supposed to encroach on each other's territory. And at the moment, it is fair for a supplier to say, yes, you can sell the products, but you are restricted in terms of countries, right? Um, One of the things to watch out from, though, uh, is pricing and price fixing. And again, this is just a lesson I've learned over the years. Um, Beauty King, for example, are they price fixing? Are they not? with their changing on the supply price. You could argue that actually what they've done is cut out a lot of internet retailers by making them increase their retail prices because their supply price has gone up. So price fixing is where a supplier comes to me and says, you know what, the, the, this price retails for 100 bucks. You have to sell it for 100 bucks on the website. Currently in the UK and in Europe, that, my friend, is illegal. No one can tell me what price I sell at, okay? And Beauty King, I have to be fair to them, have been very clear to say they are not um, price fixing. They are not dictating what price I can and can't sell at on my website. They have restricted massively the price that I can sell at, but they're not dictating it, right? So it's a gray area of law. But I have had one supplier recently um, who I will be writing to in the next few days. Um, They sent me a letter saying, listen, we've noticed on your website you're not selling this particular brand of product at RRP or the recommended retail price. Uh, And so we're going to stop supplying you. Well, that is illegal. They cannot do that. I mean, lawyers love that kind of thing, right? So (laughs) price fixing is really illegal. And and actually, I can get into trouble if I go, you know what, if I go back to them and say, listen, I will just sell at retail price um, if you supply me. That's called price fixing, right? And I can get into trouble for that. So just be really, really careful um, uh, with suppliers and what they say around pricing, Now, here are my uh, tips for getting suppliers to work with you, okay? Number one, and this is important, remember they have a business to run as well, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, they're supplying product to you. Their aim is to sell as much product as they can within within the boundaries that they have to sell that particular product in a way that doesn't do damage to their brand and builds value for their customers, right? So they have a business to run too. The whole uh, supplier um, relationship is based on the fact that we all have businesses to run. They're not necessarily looking out for your business. They are predominantly looking out for theirs. So always remember that, okay? Uh, My second tip is this. 
pick up the phone and call them. Now, again, if you listen, I'm just going to refer back again to the Casey Golden podcast, which was just fantastic. And we talked in there quite a bit about uh, how if you're sort of 40 and under, you have an aversion to picking up the phone and actually calling people. You're quite happy to email, quite happy to text. But to call somebody, well, that's a little bit more involved, right? And I'm going to recommend that actually you call people up and you get on the phone or Skype or Zoom. You meet these people um, and have conversations with them and build relationships with them. Get personable with them because this was one of the mistakes um, that I had with Beauty King, right? We, I tried to build a, a bit of a relationship with them. Um, I don't know if I would if I tried hard enough, if I'm honest with you, if I'm going to be brutal on my own shortcomings in that particular failing, I wished I'd actually had a better relationship with them. And to do that, it's all about picking up the phone, whereas email is convenient. But, you know, you can have those sort of conversations. How was your weekend? How are the kids? Always good to do on the phone. Uh, when you talk to your suppliers, always, always, always find out what they can give you, that extra help to help build your brand. Okay. For example... Uh, you could ask them for what we call GWPs, gifts with purchase. Um, a lot of our suppliers will do that. So if we buy certain levels of product from them, they will give us a whole lot of extra product um, that we can then use to build and add value for the customers. Will they give you marketing help? Um, again, we have certain suppliers where we, you know, when we spend over certain amounts, they'll help us with marketing. Maybe they're going to contribute towards your Google AdWords spend or maybe your Facebook marketing. Whatever it is, could they help you with marketing? Uh, do they do drop shipping would be a good question, uh, especially if you're just starting out and you're only working with sort of one or two suppliers and you don't want to build your own warehouse facility. Could they do the drop shipping for you? Um, and number four, what sort of extra incentives do they have, which is going to help you build their business and work hard to sell their product? OK, uh, so what else can they give you? And the fourth thing that I would say to you, I'm going to bring it back to the call them thing um, have regular conversations and reviews with them. Right. Again, something I didn't really do with Beauty King. We just, everybody just made the assumption that everything was OK. What I should have done was picked up the phone once a month going, hey, listen, this is what we're doing. This is how it's working. Let's have a review. What do you think? How are you feeling? Um, is there something that we can do to improve our relationship? Is there, do, do you know what I mean? What offers have you got coming up? What do you want me to promote? All that sort of stuff, you know, just having that kind of conversation um, is important. So have regular conversation and reviews with your suppliers okay so they're my top tips uh for having great supplier relationships uh don't like i say do what i did it has literally cost millions and millions in lost sales i don't want to add up how much uh money we've lost in sales because of bad supplier relationships but it is multiple millions so don't do what I did uh, and build some great, great supplier relationships for you, for your business, for them uh, in terms of working together, driving their brand forward and bringing great value to the customers. OK, so I hope you found that helpful. I hope you've actually enjoyed this whole little mini series on how to find great high demand products to sell on your website. As I said earlier, it is connected to uh, a course that I'm just launching called the Jam Jar Product Funnel. Um, so if you would like to know more, if you would like to see what I do as I walk you through in video step by step on how I do my research, how I decide on what's 
suppliers to use, um, how I figure out pricing, how I do my research. I'll show you how I found actually recently some great products where um, where we talked about it actually in the previous uh, podcast, you know, where I've had products which have sold absolutely nothing, but products where I've sold about 100 grand's worth of stuff recently. Um, and I'm going to show you in the course how I did that and how I found them. So, you know, if you are in that stage and you are struggling to sell online and your products aren't shifting, then maybe that course is for you. So do check it out, the Jam Jar Product Funnel. All the information is going to be at mattedmondson.com. The course isn't live at the time of recording but it is going to be live real real soon so if you want to know more when the course is live and you're on the website and it's not live yet if that makes sense just leave your name and email uh, in the form there and i'll just let you know when the course is launched so make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts it is free and the show i am hoping and trusting is full of some great stuff about how to set up run and grow your own e-commerce business so do make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date okay and of course we can connect on social media my particular thing at the moment as you will know if you've been listening to these shows is instagram um, but i'm on twitter i'm on linkedin i'm on youtube um, I'm on Facebook. Just search Matt Edmondson and you should find me relatively quickly. Of course, you can head on over to mattedmondson.com and all the links to all the social media places are there. Do get in touch. Do connect. Would love to hear your story. And if there's anything you'd like to, us to cover in the podcast or even if you'd like to be on the podcast, we're starting to do these coaching calls where I record them and we put them on the podcast. I really, really am enjoying those. There's some more of those coming up. If you would like to be featured as a guest on the show and coached, then there's uh, more information at the website, mattedmondson.com. Fill in the information form there and we will definitely get back in touch with you. Okay, uh, wherever you are in the world, I wish you all the success online. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week where I get to talk to Sam Morgan and we're going to have a conversation about his uh, cycle uh, clothing website, Pariah. Uh, he's a great guy, actually. I really enjoy this interview. You're definitely going to want to hear that. So until next time. You've been listening to the Curiosity Podcast with Matt Edmondson. Subscribe and join us next time as we carry on conversations about all things e-commerce and digital business.